0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another
1: episode of the Rico's Watches podcast. I'm your host Eric, and I'm joined today by a, a good friend of mine, uh, Huey, who is a co-founder at the Crypto Dials uh, Crypto slash Watch company, kind of project that's going on there. It's really cool. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. He's also the founder of the Casioke uh, YouTube or uh, Instagram, if my mistake, Instagram. Uh, page and uh, kind of shop so Huey how's it going today?
0: Good man it was uh, really great to to join you finally I think this is a long-awaited opportunity to chat with you on the podcast and so yeah really excited to talk to you and uh, congrats on um, you know banging out all these episodes and uh, I know you have some great things coming out down the pipeline so really looking forward to Rico's podcast moving up
1: yeah, thanks, buddy. It's it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, one thing that uh, a lot of people might not know is that we're actually good friends in real life. You and I are. Uh, we're both a couple of local guys, and we like to hang out and you know, grab lunch together and chat watches in the real in the real life as well too. So it's a lot of fun to have you know, one of my friends on the show today to kind of talk about something really cool that he's doing and sort of his role in the uh, in the watch community. But before we kind of dive into a little bit of your history and about uh, what you're doing right now with crypto dials, what do you got on the wrist today?
0: So a rich check today is the RZETI uh, Fortitude. It's a nice. uh, pilot's watch. So um, it's pretty special to me. It's uh, my first RZE piece um, that's uh, coming from Travis Tan or one of our co-founders as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty awesome. How about you?
1: Uh, I have the uh, Arcan Instrumentum on today so yeah i love that piece yeah i'm lucky enough to have a really really good relationship with uh with arkin and to have been able to get this piece and i absolutely love having this thing on the wrist it's so light it's got a great Mm -hmm. scratch resistant uh coating on the on the titanium so like it holds up like no other watch in the collection and um it's just a fun piece it's my only integrated bracelet piece it I
0: was gonna say I love that integrated bracelet man it's a it's a really unique piece
1: it's really it's a treat like it's one of these watches that I feel like you know people need to try and uh, try and, and experience if they can and it's just um, you know where are you gonna get a full titanium watch like this that's in you know so so easy and enjoyable to wear for like less than 500 bucks, right? Like it's 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 an unreal piece and I absolutely love it. I'm glad to have it on the wrist and and I truly find it to be an absolute joy to wear. Um, RZE though, you mentioned, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about them going uh, forward into the show. They have kind of a role to play with the uh, CryptoDials project as well too. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we uh, get into the nuts and bolts of uh, CryptoDials, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where watches kind of started for you and kind of, you know, describe your journey up until this point where now you are you know creating this project uh, in the crypto space slash watch community um, and how that's all going to work as well too. But yeah, start at the very beginning and kind of go from there
0: yeah for sure man so um you know uh watch collecting has been really passionate um or i guess been, been a passion of mine since uh, i was a child and so mm-hmm. you know this is uh, it's been really exciting for me to kind of journey through it with my dad um as a young young person or whatever and so um watches have been kind of a big part of uh, our family's life for a long time my dad's really been passionate about watches and uh or actually I'm a first generation Canadian so I was born here but my uh, parents came from um, Southeast Asia like uh, were Cambodian Chinese and so um, kind of an interesting aspect of it was that um, when my dad and mom um, escaped as refugees or whatever um, my dad actually one of the only sole belongings he had with him was a rattle watch that he was able to mm. kind of keep with him um, towards the end of the war and so i saw that as a child and uh, kind of like saw this value and this kind of um you know this this piece of uh this time piece that he kept with him through through all kinds of hardship and stuff like that and it was kind of uh a symbol of of the, of a watch's importance to him and i remember kind of as a young man uh, or as a young child even seeing that watch and he never really wore it cuz he really wanted to protect it even though it was kind of a you know the materials are are not impacted like it was a ceramic piece and so he had a really cool story about that but um you know we didn't we didn't have a lot of money growing up so that was like his his prized possession and so what what i did see growing up was that he he used his knowledge and we'd go pawn shop surfing and stuff like that and we'd pick up odd collectible pieces and unfortunately like we never had the money to ever own them but but just the experience of being able to experience them temporarily and then he'd pass it on to another person kind of nurtured that desire to kind of have a story with a timepiece and and pass it on to the wearer to to enjoy and stuff like that so um kind of like as i i got a part-time job and stuff like that. I started really getting into it and started off with the the you know, traditional watch collector um, with affordables and moving into Seiko's. And I fell in love with that because my dad was really in love with Seiko's as well. And so mm-hmm. we shared that until, um you know, I could come up with a little bit more money and then I could uh, kind of work my way into Swiss pieces and stuff like that. So I've been probably a collector for about, um, I'd say the better part of 25 years, um, going through various phases. And so when I got my first serious money or like what I thought was my first serious money, you know, I still remember, um, like buying like a, a Movado museum because that was one of the things that, um, my dad showed me as a kid and I was like, yeah, Movado museum. And then like, um, after that, uh, I guess my like biggest, biggest AD purchase was like, um, you know, my, my one of my favorites is my Tudor GMT. That was like a mm. big moment for me. But, um, you know, as that that was going on, I also found that um, watch collecting has changed so much dramatically since my childhood, like, you know, from pawn shop surfing to as a fellow Canadian, like, you know, the bargain finder, like you yeah. go through the newspaper and like sight unseen, see like it'd be like this watch and you'd call this number and go check it out and see if it was any good. So we went to that, to Kijiji and flea markets and stuff like that to who knew, like, chrono 24 and all these wild inflated numbers would come to be like you know we've all been on forums for a long time and stuff like that but um you know, the path that led me here, I guess, it was is the path that led me to Casio, which was um, kind of being a watch collector for a long time, but being quite young still, um, seeing other young collectors or new collectors move into the hobby. It's kind of interesting to see them take a different path than someone who's been in the um, hobby for a really long time. Like, I think as a young person, it would have been really aspirational to own a Rolex or something like that. But what happened um, in the last few years with new interests is, of course, like, you know um swiss market um and and rolexes and uh, all the the high-end pieces really gained a lot of interest and um one of the things that was disappointing to me is that a lot of people were passing on accessible affordable pieces and really struggling to find a watch that kind of suited their identity or was to be worn or enjoyed and they were all like oh like i can't wait till i get that ap or i can't wait till i get that you know um daytona and in reality it's it's really unattainable um, for the average joe or the uh, even like someone who's not who's really affluent is still going to struggle to to get those pieces so one of the things that i wanted wanted to do was make watch collecting more exciting and more accessible and and have people see that they could um you know enjoy a little bit of that high end and stuff like that by um taking uh i guess like using the casioke as an opportunity for that I don't know like you've obviously seen it and a lot of people have seen it with the mods but um I have one here and it's like being able to take a G-Shock and mm-hmm. turn it into something that looks like an AP with a with a you know integrated bracelet without making it a fake is kind of really cool you know like I think that when I was younger any kind of watch that looked like a an expensive watch was going to be a fake, you know? Hmm. And, and today it doesn't have to be that way. Like we can do mods, we can get uh, micro brands. The, the industry is filled with different watches that feed, er, fit every kind of lifestyle as well as fit every kind of budget. And hmm. um, one of the things that's has been historically discouraging is that people think that the market is five brands. And um, yeah, I think it has always been a goal to kind of introduce all these different watches to people because um, even though like my dad was like really into rado and and uh, Rolex and stuff like that, he was never like, yeah, I'm going to wear those or I'm going to get one of those. He was always like, yeah, but my Seiko speed timer, like, awesome yeah or like you know like my my timex is like that's that's the one you know like i remember my first indiglo and how i treasured that and he would he would really remind me that the best watch is the one on your wrist and the best one is the go anywhere do anything watch because Mm -hmm. no matter what like time is invaluable so yeah it's really really emotional story for me actually as you can tell so
1: yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. It's incredible that your dad had such an impact and an influence on you, and that's something you're also able to share with him, you know? I mean, you're you're able to kind of have that shared passion, and he's able to see now the things that you're doing uh, in the community and the space, and I mean, some of the amazing pieces you picked up as well, too. I mean, we got, you got a pretty impressive collection with some really, really beautiful uh, beautiful pieces in it as, as well, but um, yeah, it's, it's terrific that it had that kind of, that, you know, your father had that kind of impact on you, and you have that. You're able to share that with him that's uh, one of the things i love about this hobby and and, and with my dad as well as you know we're able to share that as well And it's kind of funny it's like i don't know what it is about um dads and seikos but it seems like you know dads just in general from that generation and i mean like first generation canadian as well too my dad immigrated from italy here in the 70s and it's just Seiko, 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 they love Seiko and, and they have the appreciation for other brands too. And I guess maybe when you look at some of these really cool pieces that Seiko was producing in the 60s and 70s when our dads were you know even younger than we are now, and you see them in today's context of a lot of what's out there, they are really cool watches.
0: Absolutely. And I I think the really interesting thing about that Seiko story for my dad too, is like, well, Seiko survived the quartz crisis. It didn't matter. Like that swatch came and like, you know, and that's something that's so interesting, like, is that so many brands, like even Rolex, right? Like had the, the quartz, quartz, uh, you know, they just at that time. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, the swatches and stuff like that. But just shortly before that, like, you know, we had King Seikos and we had all the, like, the speed timer and all these things breaking records as the first Japanese pieces comparable or equal to to the Swiss pieces, but then the course crisis started, and so it just kind of, like, did this big crazy reset so you know it's kind of interesting to to have that perspective from my dad and then go to us and and even look at like all these new technologies and stuff like that and even still today seiko is disruptive in that way like people still don't understand spring drive and it's been like years
1: i think it's kind of cool as like as well you could go back in time and you could see these these pieces sort of when they were coming out it's like you know back when our dads were kids like all all chronographs for example were mechanical they were either mechanical or they were automatic so for us it's like as collectors now in the modern sphere and there's so many other options out there it's like wow like you know a mechanical chronograph that's cool that's going to be expensive right but at the time when you were you know buying a seiko speed timer for example and whatever of the many iterations they had you know that was just getting another chronograph but they were so affordable as well and I think yeah. one of the things that's really cool when you see these pieces from Seiko that are still in use today, people are wearing them, they're serviceable, the 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 movements are, are workhorses just like any other other 3-hander movements or anything like that um really what you can get for not very much money. I mean, even in the, in the context of the day, I mean, I think you could probably buy a Seiko, a mechanical Seiko, I, I'm gonna guess somewhere between maybe 15 and $35 back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, our dads both grew up, um, you know, very fiscally limited and they're able to see that value and what's out there and, you know, uh, we were chatting a little bit off camera as well too about some brands that are, you know, offering so much now in a price bracket where traditionally you would never even come close to being able to touch what you're able to get now. I mean, this for example, even just being a full titanium watch now, titanium, carbon, um, you know, different types of uh, treatments even on on steels and things like that that are starting yeah. to become more commercially available at a, a more affordable price. It shows you that. You know there's a lot of value in these brand in these sub 2000 sub 1500 sub 1000 dollar brands that it's really closing the gap between yep. you know the affordables and the luxury uh market now right and it's it's interesting to see and i think our dads both just have that kind of view and, and opinion on uh you know what real good value is because that was sort of what they had to aspire to back then and now it's now it's cool just to kind of be able to share that with them. So that's that's really, really yeah. neat and, uh, and an awesome story about your dad. I hope he listens to the episode and he enjoys, yeah, enjoys his little shout-out that he got there. But um, let's talk about kind of what happened next. So you, you got yourself established as a collector. You um, started the the Casioke uh, Instagram page. What, uh, I guess, how did things progress from there? Uh, you know, how did you connect with RZE and, and other other brands and other people to kind of lead us into this crypto dials project and tell us what what is crypto dials
0: yeah so you know um you know going into cassio and and that instagram page one of the things that i really valued about growing that page was being able to like i said introduce kind of entry-level collectors to g-shock because i was really excited when g-shock released really something that was an octagon and and kind of like had this look to it because a lot of I guess the way that people are coming into to watch this today, especially on Instagram and stuff like that is through aesthetics and design, you know, like we saw it with Daniel Wellington, um, kind of being a really big hit for, mm-hmm. for people on the fashion side or a lot of people who are looking at their first hundred or $200 watch. It's not necessarily always about utility. It's about fashion or kind of like having a certain aesthetic. Right. And so, um, that aspect of it I wanted to introduce people to like hey like you're gonna wear a watch that's gonna be 100 or 200 bucks that you want to have a certain design like make sure it's not fake make sure it has these you know great characteristics like it can you're looking at um you know especially like when we were looking on the high end the things that we often tout as being spec monsters and you know when you're talking about the affordable and the luxury market that's the thing that I think a lot of times just oversold. It's like titanium, impossible to attain. But it's like no, 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 it's not. It's not unobtainium. Like mm-hmm. you know, RZD's done it. Arkins do like done it. Like tons of people can do it at an affordable price. But marketing matters. Or like you know, G-Shocks. It can withstand all this. G-Shock. It can withstand you know all these great things. And like you know, from from uh, obviously being in the industry as well as like using your watches physically, um, a G-Shock will do everything it needs to do for. Yeah. 30 bucks if it sucks you know like if, it, if you beat it up you can throw it away but what i was seeing is that um i wanted people to kind of get a taste of luxury or to, to try to introduce people and help them understand that like okay so like now you're into watches and you have a g-shock and it's 150 bucks An ap is a far stretch from that it is yeah. like you know tens of thousands of dollars of difference but before like when i started this i mean the prx wasn't even a thing yet like the Tissot prx so like to have something with that vibe and that look what didn't exist so i would try to use that as a as a jumping point and and uh you know people hate this or whatever but but i mean it's like the poor man's like uh ap or like the cassie broke or these these various things that people joke about but in reality it's like But I mean, the easiest way to try something that is like an AP or to have that look without it being fake is to get a mod kit. And one of the things is this is the easiest mod versus something that might be a little more daunting, that's more mechanical and, and you have to, you know, buy parts to mod a Seiko and stuff like that. So kind of went from there to introduce watches to a different audience and stuff like that. And, um, I found that I wasn't, I wasn't collecting, I guess, what we would describe as luxury or high end watches anymore. Like, I, I think that that was something that I was moving away from because the market was getting too hype. I felt like it was exclusionary and stuff like that. And so I just wanted to collect something again. And so I found that I was, A, introducing people to Cassiokes or Casios and, and, I guess, affordables and stuff like that. And then um, the crypto market was starting to to ramp up. And so as a collector, um, one of the things that I started moving towards was, Kind of collecting art, and so um, I've always been passionate about art as well—not um, as a business or anything like that. I've just been passionate as art, so I became a uh, crypto art collector. Mm. Um, I didn't—I uh, just to be for, for full disclosure. I know everyone's talking about the board apes and all these like hundreds of thousands of dollar JPEGs and stuff like that, and I don't—I don't own any of those. I've—I've I've always kind of been drawn towards supporting. Local artists and stuff like that. So I ended up collecting a lot of, I guess, obscure art or what people would describe as kind of like fine art and stuff like that. So I collected it on a smaller chain, and it's called Tezos. So I developed a big collection. But one of the things that um, I noticed was that in in being on, with Casioke I got in touch with a great uh, a lot of great. Um, content creators you know like and i think think you've seen it with the watch fam too is like there is incredible photographers Mm -hmm. incredible um you know people people taking wrist shots and doing editing and stuff like that just just hobbyists right and like one of the things that's really frustrating for me is that like a lot of the bigger brands and stuff like that um they're gaining so much from instagram right now like like we all look to influencers like you know your favorite footballer or um you know your favorite rock star mm. or whatever like i, I don't even want to mention names because i don't think anybody deserves any more attention but um we look at it and look at these brands and like oh like i want that watch or like people say i want that watch because i've seen it in this ad or because of this footballer or, because of this and it's like who took that photo like the when the watch fam takes a picture of their wrist shot like you're like man like that guy is the guy who made it look good, not, you know, the footballer or whatever. Like I want to know about everyday utility. And you know, one of the things that we all know is that like something like when you give someone a recommendation, it means so much more when you know that person, it's like a Mm -hmm. restaurant, like you telling me about the arc and before I saw even i was like yeah okay cool whatever like I'm, I'm excited because you're excited but when you see it you're like you've really sold 110 like that's facts because a guy you trust told you plus this right mm-hmm. and so one of the things that i think is missing from instagram and stuff like that is like the art and the the aspect of creating that risky and stuff like that is so devalued by um just kind of posting every day like, you, you know, you post it, you see it, it's like all that effort that goes into the behind the scenes of taking that photo is lost um, in that moment. And so some of the content creators that I was working, talking to or whatever, I was like, hey, like, you know, you should look at getting into NFTs because you can get value as being a content creator. And so, um, but but the thing, thing that would come back would be like, yeah, but like these pictures are like product photography. Like, I'm just taking a picture of my watch, like, you know, um, how am I going to monetize that? Or how am I going to sell this? Cause on Instagram, it's all free. And I said, you know, um, just even though the watch part is your hobby, think about how you can hone your art so that you can sell just your art. It doesn't have to be around watches or product photography. I just know that you're talented Mm. based on this. And so one of the people that I was in touch with for a long time was, um, Kirk Lucas or, um, Captain Kirk Lucas, um, who's uh part of Pete's Pirate Life. Uh, you might know him from Pete's Pirate Life or um, his Instagram and stuff like that. And um, I was kind of ragging on him like, hey, like you should, you should get into NFTs, you should think about this and like, you know, you should do more photography because I know that he has a full-time gig as a product photographer and video editor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, well, you know, um, Made, like, I'm not in the position to to be shilling my art. I don't want to get into crypto art or whatever. And I said, okay, cool. Like, And I was just really thinking about kind of how we can, can get to a place where I can tie together all my interests and these people who are really good at, you know, creating to, to leverage that. And so um, it took, it was a slow burn or whatever. I was ragging on a bunch of people on instagram about like you know hey like you should bring your art and your skills to nfts like do this and so eventually one day kirk reached out to me in my dms and he's like okay like i'm ready for an nft project and i said like well like what what do you have in mind and he's like well i think i'm gonna do a watch project and and that was like that was awesome to me because i was like okay and so we, we got to talking and i'd actually had been thinking about bringing nfts to Casio or something like that. But I didn't want to just be another random NFT project that didn't add any value and stuff like that. So um, him and I got to talking and Hughes um, connected with RZE as well, because he does the product photography for RZE. And so um, we were talking about different watch projects and stuff And he's like, well, I started talking to RZE and um, we're, we're thinking about making a watch project where it leverages um, the power of blockchain for authenticity and stuff like that but we don't want necessarily want to do it with RZE at this time like we want to make this new project and so as like but we need someone who understands crypto and understands like you know the market and stuff and so as a collector and being involved with even um, Casio and at that affordable level and stuff like that we just kind of had a fortuitous meeting where all of us kind of had were able to bring something to the table that was different than the other person so that we were able to get the skill set for getting the art together um, understanding the market and understanding crypto um, as well as like understanding the affordable market and strategy and then someone who's full on, you know, done manufacturing for a micro brand and worked on, you know, prototyping and molds and all these things. So, uh, between the three of us, we were able to pull together a team that was going to be able to, to jump on the endeavor. And so that's how we kind of started it off. So yeah. Does that kind of answer the question?
1: Yeah, no, it's a very, very thorough answer to the question. So what's, I guess, why was, um, <clears throat> I guess, why crypto like explain to me why why crypto and specifically blockchain technology is a good partner for a, a, a watch project and explain, I guess, you know, in more detail, essentially, like, how does this project work? What how do the NFTs tie did, tie into real world watches? And why do you think that uh, NFTs and blockchain have uh, future uh, applications that could grow uh, industry wide, for example, and, and would benefit the industry?
0: absolutely so you know i know that um some people in your obvious my audience might not necessarily understand nfts or crypto or like why why crypto and so like i've we've spent a lot of time thinking about this and so i just want to introduce that nfts are non-fungible tokens which means that like it's it's something that is like it's kind of when you go to a car wash like you take a dollar and you throw it in the machine back in the day and it like comes out as that no cash value token and it like can't necessarily be exchanged or changed back right like it's it's that thing now and it's authentically that thing one of the things about blockchain technology allows that when you turn it into that token it can't be turned into something else and it's it's like that forever So um, what we're releasing with crypto dials is NFTs that go with watches. And so um, our first collection is going to be 1,010 pieces to kind of play on 1010, right? Um, You know, 1010 is the most important time for us watch aficionados in the marketing Mm -hmm. world or Instagram world is just like the face looks fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, the idea of kind of of taking blockchain technology and understanding that when something is created, it's it's can't be changed, it's immutable, um, is that there's a high level of authenticity and clear title of ownership that happens when you mint something, is that there's a, you know for sure it's legitimate, you know that the time that it was created and you know who owns it. That's something that's really important in. The watch industry provenance is probably one of the most critical things on the secondary market that exists is that like i want to know where this watch came from who previously owned it how long since it's last been serviced like all these things mm-hmm. like it's so important right but um to tie that into a way that we i guess can use it effectively um with technology takes a long time. It's like QR codes, they've been around for a super long time, but only until the COVID pandemic were we able to really leverage that. And so the reason why we're choosing crypto is because it's early, but also because it's the kind of technology that allows us to um, make sure that the future of watches is transparent and, and that we can't modify its history. And when we look at our collection, every watch that we aim to produce, every physical watch will be tied to an NFT that's unique. So that when you um, scan the QR QR code that's etched into the case back, it's gonna take you directly to your watch. Your watch, no other, and there's no other like it. Mm. And so this is important, not only for authenticity, but things like warranty or service or anything like that. We want you to be able to genuinely say, this is the one. And so what's interesting about this is that with our collection all of the watches are are actually in that 1010 represent real watches and uh you're able to transform them into physical watches but using a build token so even if you um, mint one and and like we said it's uh they're all unique right so like when you mint one maybe you're not going to love that one um so you might not want to turn it into a physical but there is actually nine pieces in our collection which were um, designed by our founder team and all of those watches are going to be included so um you know, this is a big question for a lot of people is, are they real watches? Yeah. Like there's going to be 1,010 watches for sure. Um, but nine are off the bat We're manufactured and uh, mm-hmm. we're in the manufacturing of them now and um, all the watches in the collection are going to be automatics. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting.
1: That's really cool. So obviously like, you know, aside from just in the watch world, like a lot of what you're describing, like NFT application for physical objects could really benefit you know any sort of enthusiast or collector, uh, absolutely community, right? Basically, you know, helping you prove that authenticity, helping you track provenance, provenance, and and because it's on a blockchain, it can't be uh, manipulated in any kind of way that would fals- falsely represent the history of the piece
0: absolutely and i think that um one of the things about the technology is like it's like qr codes and things like that it's like the more you see it being applied and used the easier it will be to be understood like um nfts is probably going to be applied in all kinds of technologies without people even noticing like um even when it comes to our merchandise like our hats are going to include an nft so there's only going to be 50 hats and they include an nft so you can say that yeah this is one of the 50 nfts and that nft is going to be included for free like, you know, like it's, people don't realize necessarily that block, like all of the things about blockchain, like, oh, like gas causes so much environmental harm and all these things is that like, yeah, that's, that's true, but only to a certain extent. And technology requires time to grow and, and for us to understand it a little bit better and how it can be applied. Like the odds are that it's going to be used for ticketing. The odds are going to be that we're going to use NFTs and smart contracts for a lot of, um, luxury goods and things like that where you know if if you've been uh, i guess a collector of anything um really we we all worry about how you can guarantee something is real and when you can use blockchain technology for ticketing and stuff like that where you can see that the transfer came let's say that ticket master used it it came directly from Ticketmaster, then there's no possibility it can be fake. And typically with all these blockchain technologies, there's usually only one route for you to apply to kind of transfer it from one place to another. And so that kind of makes sure that it's it's a trusted network. So, yeah, I think it's a really powerful thing, especially in a time where um, we don't necessarily know that there's not going to be, I guess, volatility in in, cash or in um traditional stocks and stuff like that one of the things that is nice to know when it comes to collectibles and stuff like that is that there's an inherent value that's that's left in a collectible item um regardless of whether like a Seiko watch is 15 dollars back in the day or it's 150 dollars at retail today it's it's not what the retail value it was when it was first sold it's what is it worth today and that that is dependent on its provenance and its authenticity and how how what its running condition is like and things mm-hmm. like that. And some of those things, we can kind of tie it to the token and mm-hmm. say, this is definitely the thing. Mm-hmm. And you can determine whether or not it's worth um, what it was worth 20 years ago versus today or whatever. But we can guarantee that it's definitely that thing. So that's what we're looking to do.
1: Cool. And so, yeah, that was, you know, a very technical kind of explanation of things. And just to kind of, you know, bring it down just to a really kind of simple level, essentially, like just to just to kind of clarify and reiterate, you're creating these NFTs on a blockchain, but they're tied to real world watches that you're producing.
0: Exactly.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the watches then. and Kind of like what are what are these watches that you're producing and, you know, uh, how does somebody potentially get their hands on one? And how does that process look like with regarding also the NFT?
0: Sure, yeah. So um, to start off, I guess uh, we, we the collection is gonna be 1,010 um, NFTs. But like I said, um, nine of those are coming out of the gate being physicals. And so the thing about NFTs is that um, in order to make everything unique, often you use a randomized generator or like you generate kind of a, a bucket of traits so different Mm -hmm. characteristics and then you you use them to create something right like that's Mm -hmm. how we have all these variances but um basically what we've done is come up with a list of um 70 plus traits which are um things like different hands different bezels different dials and things like that and um we've manufactured a lot of these parts so something that is important to know is that 1009 of the physicals in our um, genesis collection so that's our original collection that's what we're calling it is the genesis collection 1009 of them are going to be mod compatible nh36 automatic watches and so all of them are going to be mod compatible and you can interchange parts and stuff like that but of course like i said um we'll have dial variances and hands and uh bezels and things like that and so there's going to be some dials that are more rare than others that we've manufactured significantly less of them so they'll be in the collection as well as there's going to be dials which are common which are going to be more prominently showcased um when you look at our bezels we'll have stainless steel ones as well as ceramic ones so of course ceramic bezels would be i guess like more desirable or things like that but of course all of these were designed by captain kirk um, and so he's kind of design these traits so that we would be able to work towards something that was going to look good together when they're mod compatible so yeah, that's, that's I guess the the gist of it is that all the watches are that way. They're all mod compatible. They have all these custom parts and stuff like that. So nine of those pieces that are in our um, 1010 collection are going to be built already um, that are gonna be delivered to the people who hold those NFTs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a blind pack. Um, you open the pack and if you reveal one of those nine that was designed by um, Kirk himself, then we're gonna send those. And so it's not that those nine are are going to be the best looking of all 1010 or anything like that, because we know that the combinations will look good. We've tested them. Um, you, you get really good results, but there's nine that we specifically crafted um, for for this. And so um, what's really cool about that too, is that one of those nine is not like any other. And I mentioned that 1,009 of them have an NH36, but one of them is going to be a reveal of our flagship. And so we are working um, to be like a traditional watch band that's going to be here for a long time and so one of the watches that's in this collection is a forged carbon piece that has a swiss movement in it that's going to be revealed and uh so that's kind of super exciting is that by the end of this year we're going to be releasing uh forged carbon crypto dials piece which you know has all the other characteristics of it It has the qr code etched in the back so that you can scan it and guarantee it and it's going to be micro brand priced and Mm. so it's going to be really cool to do that and then as well um as like I'd mentioned, uh, Travis is a uh, founder of uh, Arzetti watches and they're kind of touted as, um, you know, the master of titanium is kind of what they're working towards because all their watches in their collection are titanium. And um, they have a proprietary coating called Ultra Hex that kind of keeps it scratch proof, kind of like, uh, or like scratch resistant, like, you know, tegmented steel from um, Zinn and stuff like that. So, uh Inevitably, this year, we're also going to be releasing a titanium version of that flagship. And so this year, we're looking at releasing a variety of watches. So it's not necessarily that you need to have one of these mod-compatible NH36 pieces, um, but it's cool because we're going to use that as a jumping-off point um, for our flagship and also kind of, you know, introducing our community to the the benefits of NFTs and, and things like that.
1: Awesome. So, what happens? Um, you know, if you're not one of these people that gets one of those nine uh, pre-made watches, and maybe you know you mint your your NFT, and you're not a fan of maybe you know what you get or how it looks. What are your options then? What do you? It's not. it's, it's not worthless. So what do you do with it uh, in the meantime or in lieu of not necessarily wanting to actually create the watch of which you get an NFT for?
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things that is really awesome about the NFT space is that it's been a really good um, connecting uh, opportunity, just like Instagram and things like that. Is like a, there's a whole kind of community that's developing around each NFT, and it kind of brings together people from um, different hobbies or like-minded individuals to kind of create a community. So of course, um, the first and foremost is that the crypto dials community on Discord is super strong, and people are really mm-hmm. connected, and they they check in and do all the things that we do is as i guess like watch collectors on instagram as it is and so that's kind of cool but in reality like when you mint the nft and you don't necessarily want the watch it's not just um kind of like hey like now now you're kind of stuck with this like you said no value first of all the community is the value um, that you're connected to and then on top of that is that um, everyone who holds that nft is going to gain access to discounts on from our retail partners so we have various retail partners in the traditional retail watch industry um, for straps and cases and all kinds of things like that which those discounts will only be offered to holders um, we also have um, merch that we're going to offer discounts for for holders as well as, um, you know, there's there's giveaways and stuff like that, specifically holders. But um, just like when I mentioned the flagships that are going to be in titanium or forged carbon is that um, in order to kind of deliver those at at a reasonable price point or a, at a low price point. Uh, we're looking at offering watches that we're building exclusively for the community. And so um, we're gonna kind of reduce some of the overhead and kind of offer those watches in small batch runs specifically to people who have already hold the NFT. So we're not gonna be mainstream marketing it in a way um, that anybody can access it because one of the things that we don't love about um, watch collecting and how it's gone is that like the whole wait list drama and all of these things where it's like, hey, like I really want one of these watches, but now I'm gonna have to deal with a flipper for it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we wanna do with crypto dials is kinda make sure that the watches that we produce with um, are going to be appropriate size runs specifically for community and kind of like um, treating those those holder NFTs as a gauge and a guide for who we should be offering um, what and what we should be offering.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That so it sounds like you, um, you know, there's other options for people that are going to be out there, you know, if they don't necessarily want to create the watch that they get, they can gain value from holding that NFT in other ways. And and you kind of mentioned as well to other uh, partners that are going to be kind of in the space as well that you're going to be working with. But, you know, there's also a potential for other i guess like swag or like lifestyle items or things like that yeah gonna kind of be coming as well too i know i kind of have a stack of things here too some uh, some poker chips or kind of token chips that are you know branded with the crypto dials logo and and things like that as well which you mentioned hats and other things so there's you know by holding the nft you gain access to sort of this community and then some of the lifestyle things that are going to come with that you know not necessarily just watches but other items as well
0: absolutely and i think that um you know we're trying to be the the brand or i guess like we're trying to be a web3 brand um in the space where it's like a lifestyle brand so we've been inspired by brands like supreme and stuff like that and their kind of relationships in with other other lifestyle brands and stuff like that so what's interesting is that not only are we going to be focused on watches but we're looking at our community which are creatives like i mentioned earlier on or people who you know it's the same crossover audience as an in instagram there's people who are interested in bourbon and there's people who are interested in coffee and stuff like that and so we're doing the research on the nft side for other physical utility um projects for example there's something called um, board breakfast club that a lot of us are connected to and we're looking to collaborate with them and it's a coffee subscription so that if you hold the nft um a free coffee, a free bag of coffee is shipped internationally um, wherever you are if you hold the NFT and so we're looking at places, things like that as guides and people to collaborate with. Uh, there's another group that we're looking at collaborating with that we're just kicking off and it's Party Horses and they're, they're kind of connected to um, the bourbon community and they're doing a collab with Maker's Mark where everyone holds that NFT gets a bottle of um, Maker's Mark if you're based in the States. So, you know, um, to even learn about the crypto space and stuff like that, even if you're not going to mint a Crypto dials NFT, um, just to jump into the, uh, the Discord to connect with some of the members or connect with some of the people we're collaborating with to learn about the NFT space and learn how this stuff works is kind of what we're trying to do so we understand that not all of this stuff makes sense off the hop but we want to make it easy for people to get in and understand it so um you know the hats the merch like lots of this stuff like is like you know comes out of like the edc community or um all these these kind of um niche hobby communities so that we can kind of get people connected and and uh, taking pictures and engaging and finding new ways to connect with other hobbyists and then, um, you know, jumping off from there. So I think as a lifestyle brand and Web3, we're going to be here for a long time and trying to make sure that uh, we can keep adding value to the original collection and people who get in early on kind of um, yeah, like anything, it's just being early in a space is really important in trying to, to build from the ground up. And so just to get as as a context, I think that we know that Bulgari and um, like uh, Hublot are the, the two brands in the mainstream that have, have worked with NFT authenticity um, with their watches. And, and those are two luxury brands that are kind of out of the price point of a lot of people. And the realization is that we can bring this technology to the mainstream so people can understand it instead of it just sounding like a gimmick. So, you know, that execution on it is going to be where we're going to try and deliver. Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, uh, it sounds like there's a lot to look forward to and that this, you know, there's, there's, this isn't just something that's kind of a flash in the pan. There's a lot of, um, Future orientation with regards to this project as well. You know, what kind of things do you have planned going further down the line? I know that there's been mention of uh, brands like like UWorks Collective Horology, you know, other brands like Red Bar that are, um, you know, sort of the inspiration for what you want to sort of be able to see happen with the brand. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like, um, like Urworks Collective horology is a really good example that we've been talking about since the beginning. Was um, you know they they're really exclusive in that. Um, you know, there's a small group of collectors and you got to sign up and, and or like get it in there. And then um, those people talk about what they'd like to see from our work and stuff like that. And then sometimes they'll produce a watch and then it'll be offered to them. And it's it's kind of, that's kind of the mentality we want to have with, with crypto dolls, but be much more low brow about it, I guess, is that like, you know, you don't need to have a ton of money and be a serious collector or whatever, just being involved in the hobby and being active can get you um, a say in like hey would you can are you guys going to produce a white dial and it's like well like if 100 people want a white dial sure you know Mm -hmm. like we want to be able to do that and and when it comes to what we're looking for with red bar and stuff like that is that we have a lot of community members who are enthusiasts that are like just getting their first um, mechanical and we want to be able to guide them and and not necessarily be snobby about it and stuff like that and so you know those those values really ring through for us and and kind of really are important to our community is kind of nurturing that community aspect of it and so we're trying to to make sure the hobby is as accessible as possible for anybody who wants to participate it so in it so um, you know it's it's uh, the future is really bright in in that way that we want to kind of grow from something that is as simple as popping in and dropping your wristy to kind of like being involved in manufacturing or in modding or stuff like that we have modders in our our community like Sego modders and stuff like that that are teaching other people to mod Um, there's photographers in our um, group that are giving other people kind of freelance gigs or opportunities to check stuff out Um, you know like hey like consider this or whatever and then one of the things that we kind of have been working on for a long time is the vault which is a kind of a safe secondary market or um, kind of a opportunity for members to trade pieces that they own in a unique way and like i'd mentioned to you previously that um i have some feelings about people undervaluing their um, wrist shots on instagram and stuff like that so one of the things is that like if you were to buy a watch fam piece um like if if you were going to pass on one of your pieces to me um i would ask you to transform it into an nft uh, or by taking a picture of it um in its current state or whatever in artistic way and uh like just kind of like um i've seen like i'm really excited by the way i know that you have a big thing going on with zodiac this week so super stoked but like uh that picture that you have with uh, the zodiac ad with the Mm. watch um Mm -hmm. something like that could be made into an nft so that like let's say that you were gonna give me or you're gonna sell me that zodiac um one of the things that would go with it would be an nft minted of that picture and we would say hey like this is this is the watch from this picture Mm -hmm. from like before you did that thing with zodiac and i'd be able to forever say you know if i was to pass on that zodiac i'd be like also i'm going to include this picture of the ad with the watch and like you can print that out and put it on your wall so that you can celebrate that so that's the place for the vault um is that we're kind of introducing that area where you have to be in the crypto dollars community and it's not necessarily doesn't necessarily have to break it down to hey i want x amount of dollars for this watch like maybe that picture of the the you know zodiac with the ad is more valuable than the watch like it's just a hey how do we make this deal work like maybe i trade you something i've already got or whatever and we want to kind of take that friction away from um trading that we see kind of in other communities that maybe are already developed and stuff like that but hard to break into like like you know watch you seek is an excellent trading platform if you're familiar and you have references and stuff like that but one of the things we want to do is build a new marketplace and a new experience for people who um, aren't necessarily involved in that and so um, what we're kind of calling it to is like our our side auction house or our our private auction house because um, we know that it's so unlikely for like just a generic piece from you or me no no disrespect or whatever to to kind of ever make it to christie's auction so Mm -hmm. that someone is going to value my wedding watch or something like that but i know that if i was to pass on my wedding watch to you um you would take care of it as such Mm -hmm. but that story gets lost so often i think in today's day and age and so whether it be our crypto dollars watches or whether it be like my wedding watch when i pass it on i I want that provenance and that story to move on and so that's where we look to the future of really the storytelling and the the collector mentality and stuff like that really comes comes to life in our future so um you know we have a lot of members who are really itching for in person stuff and like most of our members are actually kind of like spread out around the world so like in europe um, we have a few in asia around singapore and stuff like that and we have um you know some americans and and of course like tons of canadians and stuff like that so we're really looking forward to in-person meets and uh, we want to be able to deliver some of these watches in, in person and, and stuff like that so yeah the future's bright for that kind of stuff and we're, you know we already have a lot of collabs in the works
1: well, so, so something that's really interesting that um, you're describing here and, and, and sort of the sense I'm starting to get, which uh, I think, you know, maybe needs to be articulated just just flat out and in plain language is essentially like CryptoDials isn't just an NFT collection, like crypto dials is essentially a web three based watch community and brand lifestyle brand and watch brand that is using blockchain essentially to tell the stories and protect the community through yeah you're nailing it provenance history authentication all that stuff and that's that's kind of what it is like you know this is this is like the next evolution of a community like what you seek right this is the next step but absolutely it's, yeah it's utilizing blockchain technology through nfts to uh, protect the community and help the community be as healthy as possible it's removing a lot of the guesswork and shenanigans that goes on um, and one of the interesting applications that you're, you're talking about well, as well, too, is, is like with that vault, for example, where it's like it doesn't have to be a crypto dials watch. You can create this nft and you can within the community buy sell move whatever piece around that you want and what's cool about that is the people that are in the community understand that so there's already that inherent appreciation for the storytelling that goes with that right instead of just exactly some guy who's a flipper and is like ah whatever i'll just take it and do whatever is i don't really care about the story it's like well no you're the people that are in the community are people who care about the stories and that story is going to be carried forward with, you know, the NFT as well. So I think that's that's really interesting. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, it really you're creating a community and you want people to come be a part of this community. And it's and it's and it's a fantastic way of of sort of beginning the next step of the online watch community and sort of utilizing some of the tools out there to make it as healthy and as safe an area as possible for people to exchange pieces, tell their stories and not have to worry about any of the bs that goes on in the other parts of the watch community
0: yeah absolutely when we really i really appreciate you summing up like that because uh that's that's fundamentally it like we've kind of joked about it being like when people are like well like what if i don't want the watch what is the what is the nft gonna be like and we're like well it's like a costco membership mm-hmm. like really like there's ten thousand oh sorry one thousand ten of them and we really want them to go to people who are committed to watch enthusiasm and being part of a community and like we're there's no requirement for people to be part of this community you don't have to mint to be in our discord you know you can find us on twitter you can find us on our website and we invite people to kind of like join our community and come in for a risk check you know like get get some advice about watches or like talk to people about what they're interested in collecting and stuff like that because um that's that's what we're really trying to create is that safe space and that community um for people to connect on and like um for many people uh who are in a crypto DAOs community this is the first time that they're experiencing discord and so we're really focused on trying to use discord in a way where it's really safe and you have an opportunity to really kind of like connect with people whenever you want like it's like a old school party line or like a private forum or something like that where you kind of know what to expect from everybody
1: yeah like i like i'm relatively new to crypto over the last year and i'm pretty well established in like a lot of the traditional forums for watch collecting and for you know i have my own kind of community that i have as well too just through instagram and through the show but like That's one thing I found was, you know, Discord is sort of a daunting um, platform when you're first getting into it because it's all so new and it's, you know, in some ways it's very like stripped down and simple and in other ways it's very complex and complicated. And I found that the uh, CryptoDials Discord was really easy to navigate. One of the nice things about it being a smaller community is you're not getting the constant you're not constantly getting inundated with a million messages all at once and the super long chats that are just 24 hours a day that you can't follow along, right? Like it's, it's, it's a great place to kind of go and meet some cool people and chat and pump each other up. And, and just, it's, it's a watch community where you can talk about whatever, and there's different subsections to get into. And you can, you know, it really, it's just there for people to talk about and enjoy. And, you know, the, nfts are a part of it the watches are a part of it the vault will be i think a very important part of it you know like things like that but you could just go there and just enjoy chatting with watch if that's what you want to do too
0: yeah absolutely and like uh the the thing that's a big draw and like inspired like these poker chips like uh Mm. is that uh like we have a casino in there right like Mm. um and a a lot of people just kind of like hang out in the casino and like play roulette for like fake like it's not even crypto it's just like you know it's like uh, we call them dials but it's just like we have this economy that kind of like you're rewarded for engagement and it's not necessarily monetary but it's like hey if you're around for a while you can experience like any video game or whatever right and so mm-hmm. people just hang out in our casino and chat and like you know um play play roulette and stuff like that with each other and celebrate these wins and stuff like that but i mean it's the it's a really cool place to kind of meet people and uh, play some games and hang out and and like you said chat about whatever and so it's really what i've i've found is that it's been a really positive experience and that like there's always someone online too as opposed to kind of like on instagram and stuff like you got to dm someone um directly and stuff like that or you got to do stories the cool thing about discord is it's it's kind of like um msn messenger some kind of group chat where you kind of like get to know Mm. people and like there's there's even activities you can do together so yeah that's a that's a cool thing
1: that's really really something impressive and and uh no easy feat but you've already started to create this community and it's already grown quite a bit how many people are in the community right now
0: uh, so we're, we're somewhere between um, 500 a 1,000. It kind of goes up and down in terms of activity. And, like, you know, we've had people come in and it's like crypto. A lot of people yeah. come into the Discord and leave and stuff like that. But one of the things that I appreciate you brought up, too, is that um, a lot of crypto Discords, it's just, like, a whole bunch of people in there kind of, like, I guess, like, never like, ending chats and,
1: and and just like when moon when Lambo blah blah yeah, blah blah, blah like, right like and not it's,
0: not helpful uh
1: engaged conversation going on. No right? and
0: it, it is a lot more kind of like um when we look at that it is financially driven. Um a lot of time when you talk about NFTs or crypto it's it's about finance. And I think that a lot of people or like you know investment and the potential making a bazillion dollars and I think that 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 takes over a lot of headlines Mm -hmm. where in reality is that we've chosen actually not to market heavy on the crypto side um and looking more at it from a watch brand a web3 lifestyle brand and looking at it as like hey if we're in, in it to be in here for the long term it's not we don't want these people who just want to get in for flippers like we know what happened with you know I don't want to be a jerk, but like with Rolex and like, you know, like flippers and pe- like we, we said to it early on, if we set ourselves up so that we look like Rolex and then people just run to us and then collect all these and then flip them all. Like if we our marketing pushes heavy on crypto, it's going to exclude all the people that we actually want to be here. Mm-hmm. So we've chosen instead to market to Kirk's um, audience on Instagram or to ours at ease, like following people who already understand what that brand is about and and how what the quality of the watches are and stuff like that or like you know even to, to my community and casio where people kind of know like hey like this is this is a non-snobby thing you know like no one's gonna give me a hard time for my modded casio like you know like we're, we're really trying to curate that group of people and grow with them and one of the things that is interesting about affordables or even watch collecting hobby is as you know it gets expensive mm-hmm. but it doesn't need to start expensive right and 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 so like that's a thing where we're also seeing a lot of like I know that this is a contentious topic, but people are like, oh, the the moon swatch like like it's it's like um Moon is definitely going to introduce a whole lot of people who are into sneakers and stuff like that because the price point is an entirely different market mm-hmm. um for people but at the same time um the people who are into the MoonSwatch that are brand new kind of need a little bit of um hand holding when it comes to um, watch collecting or like w- picking up their first automatic like they're not realizing that like hey like a chronograph isn't necessarily always like this or whatever, you know. Like, um so we've we've kind of seen some hype come in from moonswatch people too, like pop in and they're like, hey, like, what about watches? And it's like, yeah, like, good to have you. So it's kind of really cool to to see this um broad group of people who are kind of loosely connected to crypto loosely connected to the watch community and stuff and like i think we have such a wild age range like we have kids like literally kids in there to to people who are um you know struggling to figure out crypto but just kind of wanting to participate in the hobby in a different way so yeah it's really cool
1: that's really and and so one of the things you you mentioned was um you know that it's sort of like having your your uh, crypto dials nft is kind of like having a costco membership card talk to me a little bit about like so what is the actual cost of the nft um you know when is the, pre- the private sale the pre-sale the, the public sale the mint date all that kind of stuff and then kind of drop some of the socials where people can kind of start to get into this and start to follow along and then i'll also include those in the description box below
0: sure man yeah so um so basically like the mint is going to be this week we're looking at finalizing our private sale date it's uh was scheduled for wednesday this week but uh, so it's a little bit tight for anybody who wants to get on whitelist or anything like that but we're gonna have a public sale starting on saturday may 28th um that's gonna give people an opportunity to mint an nft uh, that day at uh, for 0.1010 or 0.1010 eth um, right now now that's about 200 US or 265 Canadian and uh, that's going to give you an NFT that is unrevealed which means that it's kind of like a blind pack like buying a pack of Pokemon cards or whatever and then in 48 hours after our um, launch you're going to be able to uh, refresh your metadata is what we say in the business of crypto and you'll be able to see Um, your watch revealed and so cool thing is that when you reveal it um, sometime next week if you mint one then you'll be able to see that um, you know like uh, you you see if you get one of the lucky nine or see if you like what you got and then uh, go from there and so um, when we look at our bill tokens, so if you didn't pull one of the lucky nine um, we're looking at probably sometime in Q3, launching the build token, um, which will allow you to turn that watch into a real one or um, in the next little bit here, we'll be coming out with our flagship launch dates and stuff like that. So you can kind of understand what the other things are that you can do with that NFT. So like the Costco membership, um, we mentioned uh, it's going to offer exclusive membership discounts. Um, So those things kind of start sooner than anything else, um, because of manufacturing is still going on we are committed as a watch brand to not put out garbage Um, so that's why we can't give you a firm date on the build token or the price of the build token because the cost of crypto has been changing Mm -hmm. Um, and so the goal is to be able to have you turn your watch into a one-of-one for somewhere between 300 to 350 us Um, and then of course like if you're still holding the nft you don't lose any of the benefits you still get all the discounts and it's not like costco you don't need to renew once a year if you hold the NFT, um, you have the perks for as long as as you hold it. So um, that aspect of it is kind of forever. We're never going to take away perks from holders, and and uh, one of the cool things that that we also do is that we do cool things like. Um, like live spaces on twitter and stuff like that where we offer other nfts which are called popes um, which are proof of attendance protocol which are free nfts that kind of signify that you're part of the community and so some of our things like our merch drops and stuff like that. There might be deep discounts specifically for, or like free claims and stuff like that specifically for people who are already holding the NFT. Whereas people who have popes and have participated in events or games or whatever, they'll still get some kind of discount or they'll get some kind of bonus. So one of the things that we wanted to do was not be exclusionary. And so people who are part of the community are still gonna get benefits no matter what. We'll just find a way to, to make sure that there's a base utility.
1: Sick. All right. That sounds like a like a lot of fun and, and a lot to really look forward to. And, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, someone can basically get in on this. And like you said, like for like 300 to 350 bucks, you're getting a one of one watch. That's yeah. it's hard to get anywhere else. That's pretty impressive. And uh, yeah, as long as you retain your NFT, you have like this lifetime membership. You don't have to renew it or anything further from there. It's just the one the one time. And you're, you're you're all set you're all good to go so yeah. that's that's really cool and with the price of ethereum kind of you know being a little bit on the downside right now it's a cheap cheaper membership than it might have been you know even a couple months ago <laughs> if this project had launched a little earlier so that's really yeah. really beneficial to a lot of people that you get to be part of this exclusive club um what are some of the landing spots and socials where people can uh, come find out more information, engage with the community, or if they want to participate in the
0: sales. Yeah, so um, cryptodials.io is our website. That's mm-hmm. our official website. So, cryptodials.io. Um, there you'll find links to our Twitter as well as our Discord, but we're on Twitter as just dials. Discord um, link is a little bit difficult to get to intentionally. Um, so, you'll have to check out our uh, Twitter or, you know, like our website. Um, the reason why, I guess, for people who aren't around, the crypto community is that uh you, discord can get flooded when people kind of uh are trying to get in for mint and stuff like that so um mint lint our mint link is also private until the time comes so you'll be if you're interested you'll be able to check it out on discord and stuff like that so um just like like you said uh it, the cost of eth is really kind of super super cheap um right now which is kind of impacting us and from a physical standpoint producing mm-hmm. an actual object that's really kind of something that's been tough but we were really committed and in leaning into that 1010 like uh on the ETH side and we we're just like we're not mm-hmm. changing the price because that's the way like you know for the watch community 1010 and then uh, we'll drop that that build token later down the road
1: Awesome. That's really exciting. Uh, I'll make sure I drop all those uh, links in the description box below. Like I said, I'll I'll get the Discord link and I'll put that in my description box or you can can send that to me and I'll put that in the description box. For sure. It's not everywhere, but it's there for the people who listen and are interested and want to get into it. Um, Absolutely. Likewise for myself. If anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, feel free to shoot me an email at reekleswatchespodcast at gmail dot com. Or if you're interested in, in uh, participating in my community and engaging with the show and following along with some of the episode releases, cool pictures, some of the things I have kind of going on, uh, you can head over to the Recos Watches Podcast Instagram page. It's also a great place to reach out to me. I usually respond to DMs within a couple hours or, or sooner, depending on. Uh, when I see the notification, but great kind of central hub for the show over there. If you enjoy my episodes in an audio medium and would like to enjoy them in a video medium, you can head over to the Rico's Watches Podcast YouTube channel, it's just Rico's Watches Podcast. A great place just to see myself, see Huey, or see myself in the conversations I've had with my 80 plus other guests as well. Um, Huey, Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us about crypto dials. I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. I think it's really interesting that you're building this community that's gonna, you know, really rely heavily on Web3, blockchain technology, NFT technology to uh, protect the integrity of the community and help it grow and, and expand outwards. I think this is a really, um, you know, you're really trailblazing into a new area of the watch community that hasn't been explored very uh, heavily yet, and uh, this could really really have significant ripple effects and benefits to the rest of the community going forward so thank you for what you're doing i look forward to uh seeing how this all goes and and being a part of your crypto dials community i I, i'm a member of the discord as well as well there too i pop in from time to time drop pics talk to people you know i i I, i'm enjoying it so far and and i think other people will too so
0: Thanks, man. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on and I know that you got big things coming up this week. So want to encourage every, all the viewers that, uh, you know, this week, uh, Eric's gonna be dropping some uh, crazy, crazy, uh, you know, interview at the end of the week that uh, I'm really keen for. So don't
1: don't get him too worked up, but I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's another cool interview with a cool brand, and I've been and able to, to do some work with them this month, and I'm really really lucky to be able to do that, and I uh, I look forward to, to getting that episode as well too. But yeah, we'll get this one out uh, first, and then we'll go. Keen, there.
0: man, there you Thank go, you man. Thanks so much. Well,
1: thanks so much for coming on the show and chatting today, and uh, I look forward to seeing what's gonna happen with this brand going forward into the future. You take care, okay?
0: Cheers, man. Thanks.